Hey guys, welcome back to Tom Girl TV here at AfterBuzz TV. Every girl loves jewelry, and you are all gonna love our guest today. We have jewelry designer Marin Costello. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Woohoo! And a tongue twister, jewel jewelry line. I was gonna give it a little effect there. Damn it. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to, to Tom Girl TV. Hey Marin, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me, JJ. As we get going, where can everybody follow you on social media? I'm on every social media platform. It's my first and last name together. No spaces, no capitalizations. M-A-R-R-I-N-C-O-S-T-E-L-L-O. Marin Costello. And trust me guys, you're going to want to follow her social media because it's highly entertaining. You have great clips on there, fun stuff. It's very entertaining to watch. I love the word entertaining. <laughs> it's never been described that way before. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's first start out talking about um, how you first got started designing jewelry. This is always the most shocking question, or the you know, mm -hmm. like it's the question that gets the most shocking answer. Mm -hmm. I was seven. I got a bead kit for Christmas. It was from FAO Schwarz. I don't know if they have those toy stores anymore, but there was a big FAO Schwarz in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and my aunt Joanne gave me a bead kit, and it was like seven layers of beads, and I was like. I could babysit myself forever. Mm, like I was yeah. just, I weirded out to it and time passed and it was my therapy you, for a very, from a very young age. You have a piece in your home studio too that is one of your first ones, right? Framed? I would say that was designed. one of my most intentional pieces. Mm -hmm. That was a, a history project. Of course, I bring fashion into, into <laughs> a history class. Um, I think I was in second grade. And the assignment was to pick any point of history and create something to share, like a show-and-tell, but history style. And I chose to recreate Cleopatra's Collar. And it's mm. beautifully made, in my opinion. And it's very... Um, the iconography is very accurate. The colors are very accurate, um, but it's all plastic. It's everything that I could find from the Michaels Craft Store. That was the <laughs> only craft store by my, by my home at the time, way back when in the Stone Age. Um, and yeah, it's. I found it recently in my parents' place, and I was like, "This is special. I'm gonna frame it." Yeah, it's stunning. You'll have to after the when you get home tonight, you'll have to post a picture for everybody so they can see. Because absolutely. It's, so was that right? Like then too that you just knew, all along, you know that that's what you're gonna keep doing. I from. still don't feel like I know that I'm doing it or what I'm doing really. Um, it jewelry is something that happened to me. I never thought that it was a career path. I mean. This was way before social media and the internet, really. Um, and if you had asked me when I was a kid where you get jewelry, I would have said the department store. Just like if you ask a kid where do you get, you know, fruits and vegetables, they'd say the grocery store, not the farm. Um, mm -hmm. So I had no idea that there were machines behind um, fashion brands. I didn't even know what a brand was. And it just kept snowballing. I made an excess of jewelry and my parents were like, you should probably sell this. And I come from a very long line of entrepreneurs on both my mom and dad's side. And so I started selling my pieces at a local fair when I was 10, but it was just, it was fun. And I would sell mm -hmm. stuff for a quarter and like my aunts and uncles would come and buy stuff. And, and I lived in a very small town in Northern California. So everyone knew everyone. My parents um, just retired from having a restaurant there for 40 plus years yeah. and so everyone knew me and it was just it was exciting but I had no idea that that was like a business transaction I was like oh we're just trading quarters for jewelry mm -hmm. I don't even know what mm -hmm. I thought yeah. um and then it kept snowballing I made flyers for for girls in high school and made their uh jewelry for prom and winter mm -hmm. ball and 
And then in college, that's when it clicked. Uh, one of my old dance teachers is now a stylist in LA. And our moms ran into each other in NorCal and they reconnected us. And she had a styling gig for um, American Idol. And mm -hmm. she put my stuff on TV and it was like, my name was next to big designers. It was like Michael Kors, Rebecca Minkoff, Marin Costello. This is, you know, when yeah. they actually cited people on TV and did style segments. And um, I started getting calls from big PR companies, marketing companies. And I was like, I should probably register this thing, which was plastic bins of jewelry that were tucked underneath my my bed, my twin bed in college. <laughs> so, and then even after college, I got a job. And so it was it still wasn't something that clicked of like, this is what you're supposed to do. Like this is, people love your stuff. Yeah. You should you should do this, whatever this means. And it continues to evolve, so. I remember I was very excited because I got your stuff in a daytime Emmy gift bag. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love her stuff. And yeah, so then we ended up having a mutual friend so we got connected. But yeah, I mean, your stuff is, yeah, it's big time. It's right up there with everybody. And that has to feel just amazing. I know, I know everybody there at that event was so excited. All the girls love to, you know, wear your stuff and well, have it. So. I think, like, that's the reason why. That's what keeps mm -hmm. me going. I, like, at the core of my now business, at the core of my hobby, it's connection. It enables me to connect with other people. And for people to connect with other people, I think jewelry is this amazing object in our world where people attach emotion to it. Um, it's an incredible conversation starter. Um, there are stories behind pieces, and then people make stories with pieces. Mm -hmm. It's what gets passed down. I mean, I wear my grandma's rings every day, so it's just a special item. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what, hearing things like that, that's why I'm like, uh, that's that's amazing. Do you have one of your items in any of your collections that is, is your all-time personal favorite? That's the second question. <laughs> if I were to get a dollar for every time Dang. I asked, how did you start and what was your favorite piece? Apparently I need to come up with some better questions. No, I'm asking is, all the same. I should probably <laughs> share publicly. Like, hey, guys, let me put this on the record. Um, I don't have a favorite piece because that would like be asking me uh, which of my favorite children, mm -hmm. if I have a favorite child. Um, but I will say that this this piece, the Bowser bracelet, this was really the piece that put my my brand on the map. And this was one of the pieces in the in the Emmys gift mm -hmm. bags. And um, definitely, it's not subtle. People notice it. Even um, even guys are like, oh, you know that bracelet's really dope. And and my guy cousins who were very macho, uh, they know the names of all my pieces. And but this is the one that that really sticks out to them. I, I mean, this is like quintessential Marion yeah. Costello, if you will. Speaking of the guys, I mean, I think that's one thing that draws me to your brand, I mean, because we're Tom girl here, so mm -hmm. we have some masculinity in the things we like to do with sports and all of that. Totally. But I think that's, you talk about that with your brand, that you combine with the different metals and leathers and stuff, that there is sort of that feminine masculine balance. Yeah, there's an there, edge. But, and that's mm -hmm. just me in general. I mean, I could be fully done up and go to a sports bar and drink a glass of whiskey. Like, that's, I mean, that's, it's so me. And I pour that into every piece that I design. Um, and funny enough, a lot of my clients are men who mm -hmm. kind of come to me and are like, your stuff is cool. So for their significant others or their moms or their cousins or their daughters, they're like, it's believable for me to give that to them because it's kind of edgy. Uh -huh. It's not obviously picked out by a woman, but they're like, but we still want your opinion. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever consider doing a men's line? Absolutely. It's yeah. in the works, actually. Oh, there it's, you go. I've been uh, asked for many years to do one. And uh, yeah, it's in the works. 
Okay, there you have it. Drum roll. So when was the decision, because now, I mean, you have, I think we have a picture of you. You have home studio, all your, you know, stuff to, to design your jewels in, in there. It's coming up here. There you go. Yeah. So tell me about the transition of when you're like, okay, this is really going now. Now I'm going to, you know, go go full steam ahead and start have go to this level. Yeah, it was twofold. So I was with an event production company at a time, and at the time, and I went to my former boss and was like, okay, like I'm ready for a raise, like I'm ready for more responsibility and she looked at me and she's like is this really what you want to do and she goes I will give you a raise I will totally promote you but like do you really want to do this I mean at that time I had big orders from boutiques I had been doing trunk shows and events with Bloomingdale's like my business was really picking up but again it hadn't clicked like oh I should be doing this <laughs> um because I'm such a hard worker in general so I loved the work that I did um with the event production company and I sat with that and it was a breakup of sorts so kind of heartbreaking you know I loved what I did with with that company um, but I did I went out on my own and uh, it was that combined with getting orders so big enough that I couldn't produce them myself um, so now uh, you were talking about the design studio you've been mm-hmm. there um, that is purely where I design everything I design you know the initial piece and then it goes out to manufacturing it goes out to, to contractors for production uh, and then it comes back, and I quality control it, and then it goes out from there. But it was kind of a combination of the two. And then just getting traction mm-hmm. um, and social media, you know, which is essentially just conversations at scale mm-hmm. and word spreading. So, but, I mean, that plays a big part. And you, you, you're very active on social media. Yeah. And, I mean, does that help create a lot of your business? Totally. And I think it's it's really important because, again, this is something that I've been doing for years. And so, I mean, even my my high school sweetheart he I would make him sit down and string beads with me I mean it's Mm. it has never been a secret usually people from my early adulthood and childhood it's always like hey how's it going how's the jewelry like Mm. they're one and the same um so it's it's an exciting platform for me to share with people who've been following me for a long time and then also to connect with other people and especially inadvertently becoming the face of my brand Mm -hmm. um it's kind of been exciting for people to recognize me as you know the designer when I'm interacting with them Mm -hmm. so that's been kind of fun I think that's fantastic we have a few of those pictures we're going to show where you model your own jewelry in a lot of in your posts and your marketing materials I mean just looking hot I mean it's just great and I talk a little bit about that because I know you told me that that was a bit of a transition for you to see yourself and be accepting of yourself you know how you feel like you relate through to girls through this totally um yeah, who is that? I have no idea. <laughs> She's a hottie. I have no idea. I still don't know in my mind's eye what I look like. Um, I used to be an unfortunate-looking kid. I really, I was, so, it's so bad. My sister, my younger sister, has always been angelic. I think she may have had, like, one or two awkward years. I was arguably awkward, like, from birth until, I don't know, 17? Just weird. And... <laughs> So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm, I was well known. I was always popular in that I knew people. I always said hi. I was always kind, but I was like, I'm not going to be the popular kid because I'm hot or because I'm cute or whatever the term was, you know, back then. So I really focused on my relationships and, um, I was really, I, I had the most amazing role models in my family. Um, my dad, my mom, my grandma, they're just such good communicators and they really know how to connect with people. Um, and over the years, I got a little easier on the eyes and I would art direct all of my, I still art direct all of my, uh, photo shoots 
and not too long ago photographers started asking me like hey can I actually take your picture when Mm. I would be the one art directing a model with my jewelry on and if they weren't posing the way that I wanted them to I would get in the frame and show them how to do it and the photographers it was really the photographers that I worked with that said why aren't you modeling your jewelry and so I did a couple shoots those you know got released to the internet it gained a lot of traction and then it just kind of was this thing where people started to ask to take my picture and say la vie mm-hmm. it wasn't like I'm going to be the face of my mm-hmm. brand and look at me it was mm-hmm. never never that so I'm always I'm always mindful to make sure that it's not too much of me because mm-hmm. it's so much more than just it's not even about me really mm-hmm. it's about the connection but how did that feel when you kind of owned that empowered that a little bit because I know we all we all when we talked about this before about our insecurities you know and of like not putting ourselves out there like that or not yeah. you know but then when you fully now like you know just embracing it and having fun with it and letting it go and be like yeah this is me this is my brand here you have it again it's still I still don't feel like it's about me I yeah. I when I put my like model face on my ego goes out the door I'm always like what's gonna get the best shot so I tell Mm -hmm. the photographers like I have no sensitivities tell me if I'm looking huge if it's a bad angle like tell me like I I'm not a sensitive person in that capacity so um yeah it's always about the body of work that's created Mm -hmm. it's never about well how do I look in this photo like I've, I've lost that my attachment to to that a long time ago I mean we all have our insecurities sure but when I'm creating editorials for my brand or in collaboration with other brands, um, it's so much more than that. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with, with my internal voice, which is probably, you know, more critical than anybody else, you know? So I just, I, I let that stuff go. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk a bit more, because behind this brand, you have a lot of philanthropic and um, just good purpose and meaning behind it. Can you kind of talk about, I know on your site you you list you have intention, excellence, and community. Can you kind of talk about those things sure. a little bit more? Um, I live my life very intentionally. Um, I've always tried to be a very thoughtful person in everything that I do. Um, so I think that's where the intention uh, comes in. Excellence, I'm an overachiever. I think that mm. anyone who's ever known me has known that um, side of me. So It's really important for me to make the experience um, around the brand really spectacular. Um, I always have said, I mean, I started saying this years ago, I want everything Marin Costello to be an experience. I want people to come away from meeting me or an event or receiving a piece, like feeling like a better version of themselves. Um, And community is just, it's ingrained in me. Um, I come from a very, very, very large nuclear tight-knit family on both sides um, who regard each other as family. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents are very much the connectors in their respective worlds and then you know having my sister and I we have then become the connectors so just bringing people together however we can has always just been I mean that's that's in my DNA Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I think anyone who knows me well knows that I am the connector um you know even when people are like hey do you have like a bookkeeper or like a lawyer or someone like do you know a good printer I mean I'm I'm very quick to um to share that information mm-hmm. with people who have made it into the circle mm-hmm. the circle Sounds of trust great. yeah and you have a good yeah. group of like girl brands and stuff you support as well yeah it's like yeah. girl brands and guy brands like yeah. again it's all about bringing people together in my book so yeah. um hugely supportive yeah, that's, that's great. All right, let's, let's tell people about, so 
How, where do you find your inspiration from? How do you go about, okay, I want to create something new. I want to have a new design. Where do you start? Um, so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can totally get inspiration from architecture, from nature, from pre-existing pieces. I love vintage jewelry. I mean, dumpster, not dumpster diving, flea market diving <laughs> and, um, and, you know, finding gems at garage sales and whatnot. That's always been a passion of mine. I did that with my grandpa when I was just, I don't know, a couple feet tall. Um, I sketch occasionally and then I'll also source materials and let them speak to me. Um, but ultimately I'm like, I'm a very practical designer. Um, I would never be like, this is what I've designed and you're going to like it. I'm always, you know, asking my clients, asking the people close to me, what do you think? What would you change? You know, mm -hmm. if you were to design this piece, like, what would it look like? Would it be any different? Where would you wear this? Um, so really, it's, it's really, again, community based. Like, I love designing pieces that people want to wear. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, um, so what is like, can you walk us through now a, a day in your life of Oh my gosh. Your business. Um, <laughs> every single day is different, completely different. The things that I remain constant or the, that are consistent are when I go to bed, when I wake up, and working out every day. Um, it depends upon when I'm taking meetings, it depends upon how aggressive my inbox is. Um, I have meetings, I have events, um, I'm traveling often, so it, every day is really different. Um, but I do make sure to take care of myself. That's a lesson that I learned pretty recently. I mean, I used, I like to say the 20, first 26 years of my life was just one big all-nighter. Like, I just didn't <laughs> sleep. Um, and I could function on no yeah. sleep. Now I'm like, whew, after the 25 yeah. mark, man. Yeah. <laughs> Changes, I, I, right? Yeah. I need, yeah. I need to get some shut-eye. So what's your bedtime and what's your get-up time? I try and go to bed between 10 and 11. And then I usually like to get up between 4 and 6. Mm -hmm. But that just depends uh, on the day if... Um, if I can sleep in a little bit longer than I will, if I'm like super stoked and I want to get up um, at four, I usually hop out of, mm -hmm. out of bed then. Early. Yeah. I like the early mornings in LA, I love because everybody, yeah. nobody, there's not very many early risers. It's yeah. like a, a great time when the city's kind of asleep to get I a know. lot of, I feel like the energy's good. And I used to be a night owl, so I used to stay up until like the, when the sun went down yeah. and then sleep until the afternoon. I mean, I, or not sleep. Um, <laughs> I used to be a night owl, uh, but now I'm really trying to be intentional. I'm like, uh, these things take years off of your life, mm -hmm. you know, over time. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to be mindful. And what's your go-to workout that you do? Bar class. Mm. L.A. Barbell mm -hmm. on, uh, on La Brea. My girlfriend, Marnie Alton, owns it. It's a kick butt workout. Yeah, yeah it's intense. And it's full body and just she's the most beautiful, petite, like, graceful human and she will kick your butt <laughs> she shows no mercy man it's it's really great yeah those are great those are the ones you gotta watch out for oh she's brutal she's yeah. brutal she yeah yeah we gotta do a class for sure oh i would love to do yeah, that let's do it. um all right we have some of your wonderful work here yeah. in the studio so you want to kind of talk to us about some of the items sure so this is a mixture between my resort collection which is coming out in summer um or actually in a couple weeks Sweet. which um is a lot of mixed metals, a lot of statement pieces, um, mixed in with some delicate pieces. Um, all of the gold is 14 karat gold filled, so you can wear it in the water and it won't tarnish. That's like a little fun fact. That's great for per summer. Perfect for, for <laughs> all the swimming pools and beach mm -hmm. beach events. Um, and then just like classic semi-precious stones, some sandstone, and then leather. Um, these are really fun two-in-one pieces, which 
you can double up as a bracelet or wear singularly as a choker, and they're adjustable. And I bet you get a lot of orders for the music festivals. I do. Right? I do. A lot of music festivals, yeah. It's perfect stuff for, yeah, that type of thing. Totally. Mm -hmm. How about some of the, I think we have a shot of the... Sure. Oh, one's over here on the side, so which the, I love. The black mesh little guy on the left, that's uh, a scarf. Um, and we've got some statement necklaces with some horn-inspired, tribal-inspired. Um, and then quintessential, I would say that my brand is known for chain work um, and mixed metal. So I threw in some of the classic chokers and the lariat necklace and crescent necklace on the right. Um, those are just, I, you couldn't. I could never, ever, ever take those out of my line. Mm-hmm. Those are just like, mm-hmm. like my the my clients like consistently go to those pieces. So yeah, yeah. yeah the way you have them layered right there, I just love. Talk about the the layering because I know when I talked to you before, we kind of talked about how we used to not want to like, oh, I, should, I don't know, I'm wearing gold. I shouldn't mix gold with silver, and I should keep it, or I should just wear one. It's too much to wear too many. But talk about your philosophy on that. More is more yeah. is more is more <laughs> is more is more. Um, I mean, if I. I have done this before when it's the end of the day and with friends and I just want to, you know, kind of get ready to, to, you know, get into the zone of, of winding down and I'll take off all of my jewelry and put it on a table and they're like, what? Like that's an, (laughs) that's all the jewelry that I own and you're wearing it at once. Um, I say do what you're comfortable with to an extent. I love layering. I'm even wearing, I think three necklaces. I think right now I have and this is actually pretty subtle for me. Mm-hmm. I have five bracelets, two rings, eight earrings, and three necklaces. But people often tell me, like, oh, I look at you and it doesn't seem like no. that much. Mm-hmm. So it's just a comfort level. It's a comfort level. Um, but I've had so many people come into my life who are like, oh, like, I love this piece, but I don't wear jewelry. And now they're, like, layering yeah. and layering and layering. Yeah, I so. think of you all the time when I do it now. I'm like, oh, yeah, she rocks that. You can, you can do it. You can layer them up. Totally. And it's fun. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you have the resort collection. What, what's, yeah, what else is next for you in, in business? I have a luxury ring line coming out mm-hmm. in fall. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. say. It's all gonna right. It's going to be epic, but I'll make sure that you're there to cover it. It's going to be incredible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And any other collaborations or anything else you can talk about? So Those many nice. collaborations. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, there will be a series of launch events for the luxury ring line in fall. So that will be like hugely collaborative. Every time I do a big launch for my brand, it's always a collaboration with the venue, with the entertainment, with the sponsors. Um, again, it's all about the environment and the community and the experience factor. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that my background in event production really has helped with that. Yeah. And also my background with just being from a really tight-knit family, like always wanting to be a good host. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything is collaborative, even from the people that wear it and post pictures and me reposting or shouting them out. Mm-hmm. Everything is collaborative. So That's awesome. Yeah. It's great support. So what have been, are there any... Um, like things that you have learned or you know maybe even the things you've learned that that didn't work and that made you stronger or just just things you've learned now through the years of having this business um well to be pretty candid I again going back to where this started it was my therapy this was Mm. purely what I could get lost in time wasn't a thing I was just so at peace and then with it inadvertently becoming a brand I felt like I lost a little bit of that and it just kind of became a bit um it it was all about administrative work and the Mm -hmm. mundane tasks that needed to get done and looking at a full email uh inbox and going i'm paralyzed i'm just gonna go back to bed um 
but I checked myself recently and have been able to make it more playful and Mm -hmm. make designing feel like it did when I was seven. So I think for everyone out there starting a company, because there are so many things that you do learn and pressures that come with starting a business and relationships that you have to manage and... I mean, the learning curve is so high, especially with the internet and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure to have those moments and check in with yourself and allow it to be playful and allow it to be fun. And now it's just so much fun. I mean, I was yeah. weirding out today in the design room and it was just the best time. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's good to be back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's very relatable. I know we all you know, experience it. And I think, again, that that's what's so great about your brand and you, that it is just like you know we can all relate to you in those struggles and it's, and it's nice that you're just honest and open about them and, oh, yeah. you know I, there are there are no boundaries i'm a pretty communicative person so <laughs> i can tell you when things have been super hard and i mean because it looks very glamorous mm-hmm. especially when you see the modeling shots and i'm you know i've created a company with a shiny literally a shiny product um and it looks very glamorous but there are moments we're human mm-hmm. and um yeah, if people have questions, you can find me on social, yeah. and I'll totally, I'll keep it completely 100. Yeah, see, that is not everything. <laughs> That's just We're your beautiful. average beach shot. <laughs> that sounds about, where was that shot? Uh, that was in Maui. So one of the um, photographers that originally um, asked to take my picture, we actually were collaborating on a photo shoot, and the model dropped off the face of the earth. And I was like, well, I could shoot, I guess. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And... Um, yeah, he's become one of my biggest supporters and always keeps it very candid with me on when I'm in front of the camera to be like, eh, switch it up or, you know, like mm-hmm. keep it moving, like do something else. Um, this was, I think, our our third shoot that we did together. Um, but that was, I was at a, on a family trip to Maui and I was just chatting it up with him, catching up, and I told him, and he's like, oh, I'm from Maui, I'll book a ticket. And so we booked, you know, a, a ton of business and then we ended up shooting so all of the pictures that I'm posting at the beach, um, I, I mean, I'm telling you, anything can be done in post. He's so talented. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was in Maui. Was there one, the one on your social media where you're on the rock too with the gown? Was that yes. the same? Yes. Yeah, it was him. beautiful. Yeah, Akoni yeah. Lamparilla. He's amazing. If you go to my social, his work is everywhere. Oh, so beautiful. yeah, he's so talented. That's one by him as well. Yeah, my best pictures yeah. are usually nine times out of ten. It's a Was picture. that Maui as well, or was that? That was our first photo shoot in my uh, hometown, Alameda, in Northern California, because mm-hmm. he's a Bay Area guy. So when I go home, we usually shoot. Yeah, that's great. Very blogger esque. <laughs> yeah, that's what he told me. He's like, "Be a blogger," and I was like, "Okay." Yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the combo, you guys are killing it. It's yeah, he's great. the best. Uh, well, is there, I know we're just running uh, out of time. Is there um, anything else that has just surprised you about? this process or you know something that you didn't see coming there like huh you know that's been great or I would say uh, becoming the face of my brand hmm. um but there's surprises every day holy cow it's just I really feel super super lucky and blessed to be creating a brand um during a time when like everything is at our fingertips literally with our cell phones it's just truly unbelievable the connections that I've made um have just increased exponentially and are really close because of social i'm really Mm -hmm. grateful for it and keeping in touch with people that i haven't necessarily seen in forever i just did the math i've been here for 10 years 
It's crazy. It goes fast. Yeah. I know. And then lastly, any other pieces of advice? I know you already gave a little bit, but any other words of wisdom for people out there wanting to create their own businesses or go into this line of business? Sure. Um, Literally anything is possible. I would, um, are we allowed to curse on the we show? We are, yeah. Let Great. It fly. Um, had, had I known that, I would have like added in, in a little bit more, you know, fun words earlier. Um, make Google your bitch. It's like everything's on the internet. It's, it's insane how much stuff is on the internet. Um, and ask for help. If you don't know what to do, like there are people out there who want to help. Um, and the more comfortable you can get with asking for things and not abusing, you know, mm the the opportunity to ask but to ask for help when you need it um if you're confused or like finding your confidence or people that are in the industry or even in different industries who can add a different perspective ask them and if they can't help you nine times out of ten they'll point you to someone who can um yeah take advantage of people's Mm -hmm. help Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. good advice listen up people good stuff All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Such a pleasure to have you. And I'm going to try to steal everything here today. I'll take a bathroom (laughs) break and then make your move. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, before we wrap up the show for today, we have to do our weekly tradition. So we are going to introduce the Tom Girl of the Week. So I think we have her up there now. So Rachel Lindsay, everybody. I know everyone knows her, the Bachelorette. So I don't know. We're huge fans of that here. But um, she just is amazing. She's beautiful. I mean, look at her striking the pose. And I mean, she could use some of your jewelry in that I know, shot. would really flare bling. it up, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. she needs some bling. Um, but yeah, she just has great style. She's a lawyer. She's the first African-American on the Bachelorette. I just, yeah, I can't say enough great things about her. And it's just going to be really fun to watch this. She's stunning. Isn't she? Yeah, Yeah. she's amazing. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Beauty and brains. There you go. I love her. (laughs) That's my tribe. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap. And this marks our official first month of the Tom Girl Show here at After Buzz. So one month. Yay. Congrats. Thank you to you and all the women who have been on the show so far. It's been such a blast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Let everybody know again where they can follow you at. You can find me uh, on social or on my website. My first and last name, no spaces, no capitalizations, M-A-R-R-I-N. C-O-S-T-E-L-L-O dot com. Marin Costello. All right. Thanks, guys. And you can, you can follow me at JJ Jurgens and at TomGirl.TV. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.